Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Final half hour of Oilers Now this evening. Brendan Escott with you. Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, so much more. Get their new Canadian club sandwich with chicken, ham, bacon, ranch, lettuce, and tomato. Visit royalpizza.ca. We're going to get you uh, a prospect report as well, but uh, we got some NHL prospects we get to talk about as we head down to uh, Rogers Place and chat with the head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Luke Pierce. Luke, you're on with Brendan tonight. How's it going? I'm well, uh, Jeff, we're going to have to call him back because my fat fingers just hung up on our guest. Whoops. Oh, that's excellent radio. That's excellent radio. <laughs> I hope he doesn't find that too insulting. Oh, my good gracious. The Oil Kings uh, in action in a home-and-home series uh, a little later on this week. In fact, Friday, it is at the Saddledome against the Hitmen. And then Saturday, they are back here in Edmonton. Sunday, we may or may not have a Shania Twain uh, concert. We hope that that all comes to fruition. Okay, let's try this one more time here. <laughs> Luke, I apologize for that. I, uh, I bumped you right off the air, but I appreciate you taking some time. Nevertheless, how are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks, Brendan. We just blame that one on Jeff, I think, no? Yeah, uh, actually, yeah, he's throwing his hand in the air, so I think I'm going to roll with that. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, talk to me. You're getting some mixed results out of the gate this season. A win here, a loss there. Medicine Hat is an exciting young team with some young players like Gavin McKenna. They, uh, I guess Gavin was probably away at the Hockey Canada event, but uh, you did put up seven goals on Moose Jaw. Just tell me about some of the recent results and, and some of the highlights for your group. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster this past couple of weeks. And it's, uh, you know, we had a bit of a skid there for a bit and um, came out of it with some, some really exciting games. Uh, beat Portland, who was the number one team in the country at the time, and followed that up with a really big win against Moose Jaw, who I think is you know, probably the class of the East right now. And, um, and then a real good, you know, tight affair with, with Madison Hat that we were you know, disappointed not to come out on top of. But uh, a little bit, little bit inconsistent. And I think just the, uh, again, the process of, of learning how to win uh, on a more regular basis is all uh, a maturing group here. So you uh, you move on from Captain Rhett Melnick and uh, and some other guys are stepping up and carrying, say, the offensive load. Adam Yeko in his first year coming out of the import draft, 15 points and 16 games played and, and offenses and everything. But tell me about this player and what he's brought to the group. Yeah, Adam's been outstanding. We were just you know going through our roster uh, today, kind of doing a quarterly review of it and I think to a man amongst our staff and um, support staff. I mean, he's probably the one guy who's been a major surprise for us. We knew how good he was, and uh, but that's a big transition as a young player at 17 and having to step in. And you know, we've put a lot of responsibility on him, and uh, he's been tremendous. He's you know been extremely consistent for us, and uh, he's got a he's got a bright future as a big you know six foot three centerman that can skate. So excited for him, not just right now, but uh, moving forward. I think I remember you saying in in the offseason that he came over here with a real high aptitude, new English already, that sort of thing, and you've got him and and Wojtek Port living together with Laddie Smead, is that correct? Yeah, they moved moved in with Laddie when they first arrived here, and then uh, they've now since been moved to, to separate billets and uh, but still obviously staying in good contact with Laddie and uh, having the connection with the two of them is mm-hmm. helps the transition but you're right I mean 
Adam is uh, very well acclimatized. He'd already spent away a year away living in Finland, playing there. So uh, he understands it. I mean, if you sat down to have coffee or visit with him, you'd never you'd never suspect that he's only 17. So sometimes you got to keep that in the back of your mind as a coach when you're you know you're pushing him as hard as we are, and and remember that he's still a, a real young man, similar with with some of our other players, and uh, pretty pretty high demands on them right now. Chatting with uh, Oil Kings head coach Luke Pierce. They're 5-10-0-1 on the year so far through 16 games, and it really seems like injuries, not an excuse, but certainly a factor. Nathan Pilling is on the sidelines right now. You haven't had Ty Nash, even though that was a big offseason acquisition. So uh, tell me how you've been negotiating that adversity, and I think Nash is just about ready to return, isn't he? Yeah, we're hoping to see Ty play this weekend. Uh, you know, big home and home with Calgary, so that'll be a nice addition to have back if he is able to go. And um, you know, Nathan Pillin's getting really close, and again, another guy that's a top six player that we haven't had the uh, luxury of having. And uh, we've had, yeah, it's been a very con- the one thing that has been consistent with us is the is the injuries and the inconsistency of our lineup. So it is a challenge. There's no question, and especially at this age, but. Uh, like you said, there's there's no excuses. I think everybody's dealing with that, and for us, it just seems like it's you know the wrong players at the wrong times that seem to be getting hurt, and we're a little thin on the blue line right now as we're starting to get some of our forwards back. But you know, every every opportunity for other guys to step up, and um, you know, it's it's great for development of our young players to get the minutes that they're getting. Yeah, and part of the reason right now, and I guess as we speak, that you're thinner is because Blake Fiddler is away at the uh, U17 championship. Championship. This is a player we've been excited about getting up to the the Oil Kings uh, program for a couple of years now since he was drafted first overall in the U.S. priority draft. So difficult for a young defenseman to make the transition up to major junior hockey. He has uh, a real pros frame, and I think that that was part of the excitement right out of the gate. But talk to me about the, uh, the transition, and, and clearly it's gone well if he's representing Canada right now. Yeah, absolutely. He has been, um, you know, as advertised, I mean, big, long, good skater, right shot, and, you know, had some offense. He scored a real nice goal for us in Medicine Hat, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. And, you know, there's obviously, like you mentioned, this is a very hard league to play defense in at that age, and there's been hiccups here and there. But the, maybe the one thing I've been the most impressed with is he hasn't let it affect him. And, um, you know, gone into any real big slides uh, confidence-wise and, you know, my rightfully so being named to, to Team Canada's under-17 roster and, you know, scored a big goal for them the other night. They beat the Americans, who were the top team in the in the tournament. So, you know, hopefully he can survive the tournament, stay healthy there, and we certainly look forward to, a, you know, a rejuvenated and fully confident Blake Fielder when he comes back. So I, I know you're continuing a rebuilding process with this team, and there's there's some uh, returning faces, a lot of them, uh, without a doubt. And Gavin Hodnett is one where I kind of chuckled to myself because he, he came out of nowhere and really surprised uh, people as a young contributor last year. Still looking for his first goal, though, through uh, nine games anyways, missed a few of them. Uh, is that something that you can utilize to maybe keep the room a little bit lighter, uh, as a lot of other people have found the goal column this year? I'm just I'm thinking of, you know, ways that you can keep the engagement level high, keep the room light as you're continuing to uh, emerge from the, the lower part of a cycle. Yeah, there you're always we're always looking for ways and our room has been phenomenal with, you know, trying to find the positive and joy and, and different things daily and you know overall I think uh the guys, like I said, have have done a great job. I think in that instance with Gavin early on 
uh, we certainly were giving him a hard time because I think he probably missed seven or eight breakaways. And, you know, that means he's doing some really good things. And um, he he missed some games early with an injury. And it's always hard to, to catch back up. It's like you're jumping on a treadmill at full speed. And um, But that's just how elite of a player is. I mean, he's almost a point-of-game guy right now without a goal. So, But as far as using that to, to make jokes, uh, you you wouldn't want to do that with Gav. He's a, he's a very serious kid. And... Um, you know, I don't know how well that would go over. Everybody is pulling for him. We know how hard he's been playing. And I think for him, it's just, again, a ton of pressure to, to help lead our team offensively. He's still only 17. And uh, these kids put a ton of pressure on themselves. And there's a lot of external forces and pressure as well. And I think for him, it's just lightening up and understanding that it's going to come. He's just too good of a player to, to live through this much longer. So I know uh, when that down breaks, it, uh, it's going to be a big, you know, big flood. You know, it's a lot harder to instill the give-a-blank factor in, in somebody than it is to try and negotiate things maybe when things aren't uh, are going as well for them as they might like. I think that's probably a, a good attribute for him. Now, as we wrap up here with the head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Luke Pierce, a couple of games against Calgary this weekend. Friday, you're down at the Saddle Dome, return fixture on uh, Saturday night here at home. Uh, give me a bit of a handicap on this match matchup and and what do you guys know about this uh, rival coming in yeah they've made some changes as of late and have have really improved their team and they made a big addition in jordan greenway from from tri-city and um you know for us it's obviously the rivalry but i think we're teams that are at a similar stage and you know i think the difference right now with them being ahead of us is their special teams have just been a little better and they're helping them win games and you know, five on five, I feel like we've been the better team in a lot of the games that we've played, and it's really just been our special teams that have let us down, and that's been an emphasis of focus for us. And, you know, it's one thing Calgary's got going well for them right now is, you know, both their power play and penalty kill have, have helped them win. So I think for us, it's going to be a real, real big key in messaging, and hopefully the rivalry of, of the Hitmen and the Oil Kings will, will help bring the best out of our group. And, like you mentioned, some additions coming back, hopefully with Ty Nash and potential of Nathan Pillin will certainly be a good injection to our lineup. All right, Luke, really appreciate you taking some time tonight. We'll chat soon. Okay, good luck this weekend. Thanks, Brennan. Appreciate you having me. That is Luke Pierce, head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings. We Let's do a prospect report right here, right now. We'll tell you what's in the system. Prospect report is brought to you by Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace Reface. And we do the farm report to check in on Bakersfield. So I'll tell you what's going on beyond that. Uh, Brady Stonehouse was the one that you may remember from training camp. A bit of an unknown, but he's playing with the Ottawa 67s. Got the entry-level contract from the Oilers. He earned it in training camp. Nine points in 13 games there for Stonehouse. Bo Akey, you're likely curious about. Seven points for Barry in his first 12 games back in the Ontario Hockey League as well. Well, not a whole heck of a lot else in the system, though, is there? Because they're all up playing for the Oilers or they're all up playing for Bakersfields. It's funny how much things have changed over the last several years here. Reed Wilkins going to tell us what's coming up on Inside Sports when we get back to Oilers Now. Well, we've had some fun today talking about uh, what what trade are you making to bring a goaltender in here? Or rather, I mean, the trade itself is going to be incredibly complicated if it comes down to it. So what goaltender would you like to see them target? The runaway answer is UC Soros. Of course, UC Soros will be the most expensive target, but 
There's a lot of reasons why I think that he could be shaken loose versus Carter Hart. There's a lot of reasons why Carter Hart is not moving. And I think that when you look at what Nashville has coming in Yaroslav Askarov, he's at a 1.60 goals against average this year in, in the minor leagues. He was phenomenal last year in his first year in Milwaukee down in the AHL. So if they're ready to knock down the salary that they're paying a goaltender, if they're ready to say we're not contending this year and maybe we'll look more toward the draft that's when Oilers GM front office whomever is responsible for that decision should pounce if not sooner Reed Wilkins is here he's got inside sports coming up you've got a lot to discuss coming up it seems like I've well, kinda, I've buttered up the text line if you'd like well uh, Luke Gazdick's on I, I taped with Luke earlier and uh, he was good first of all he has personal stories about being sent to the minors different situations than Jack Campbell because, look, Luke was an up-and-down type of player, but still you got to go through that and go through that in times where you thought maybe you were doing well enough to stay in the NHL, and he uh, he's going to tell you what he sees with the Oilers <laughs> and, uh, and sort of his uh, take on it and his level of frustration with how the team is playing, and Drew Remendez on the show from the Sharks Audio Network. Always love talking to Drew. San Jose Sharks who ride a winning streak coming into this game. Well, is, is, sort of. is one a streak? I guess one's not a streak. A, they're riding a win. They're riding a win. They're coming one. off a win. I guess that's not a streak. <laughs> one win. Oh, man. Well, I, it matches the Oilers' longest winning streak of the season. Yeah. The Oilers have done it twice, though. That's their advantage, I guess. They are two points ahead of San Jose for last in the West and last in the Pacific. This is an Edmonton Oilers team that is supposed to be looking at game 83. And frankly, maybe they looked a little too I long I think that might be part of the problem. They were so hyped up for the playoffs yeah. in uh, in the captain skates, they forgot about the start of the season. Having said that, and I know, and I heard Elliot, you don't want to put too much on preseason results, but they look kind of like, okay, yeah, we're 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 there. You know, we've 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 gone through the preseason. Mm-hmm. Let's get going. And then pretty much since opening night against Vancouver, they've looked quite poor. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I'm just going to mention, because we missed connecting with uh, John Shannon today, you don't have to worry. He'll be on the face-off show with, yeah, he should be on tomorrow, with yeah. you tomorrow uh, for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments, no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. Um, I don't know that the next thing that happens, and I said this, I don't know that the next thing that happens is we see a trade for a goaltender. I mean, I just, it's... It, if we have veered that far off direction this season already where you're throwing a desperation Hail Mary at trading for a goaltender, I don't know. I just don't know where that leads well, you in terms of uh, how serious a contender you are for the Stanley Cup. I think, uh, I don't know. I, I, I really think anything is on the table. And so they've sent Campbell down and they've brought Pickard up who, again, I think is going to play tomorrow. I know Woody wouldn't say anything. I, I don't know. I think he I, might I, play tomorrow. I wouldn't do it. I don't know what you accomplish by doing that other than really sending a message to the rest of the team. But if they start him and lose, then what? Oh, well, you lost because you started your American Hockey Yeah, League. but are they winning games because of Skinner or Campbell? I mean, I know again, I know it's not all the goaltending, but... 
I'm just talking from a confidence standpoint. I think if you go out there and you, well, they it, it, they need like, something good to happen, and it hasn't happened with either of the other two goalies. He wanted I his team plays. to have the best chance of winning, which is why he didn't bench Evan Bouchard. If if you believe that Calvin Pickard gives you a better chance of winning against the NHL's alleged worst team than Stuart Skinner, then I think it says a lot about Stuart Skinner right now. Yes, it does. It says exactly where the team is at. Almost every player is playing like crap. So you can't call up 20 players from the minors. Mm -hmm. So they called up the one position on the ice that could perhaps steady the ship. And you probably aren't going to have to steal a game against San Jose. You will probably just need your goaltender not to lose it. And so that's why I think it's going to be, who knows, we'll know after the morning skate. I could be wrong. Maybe Pickard won't play a game at all. But so Campbell's not going to be here for what a few weeks at least. Mm-hmm. I, I would say at like at least two or three at least. Well, Pickard's going to play. So just... is Skinner going to play? Well, that's what I'm saying. He's going to play. So why not play him tomorrow? Like what? What other? What better situation is there to put him into against the the, the quote unquote worst team in the league? I guess I don't believe they're at rock bottom yet, and so I believe that there's somewhere else for them to fall if, for whatever reason, they put him in there and lose or lose bad. I'll tell you, it was a lot different on this day in 1985. We check in there on this day in Oilers history uh, for New West travel. You've got that three night Montreal road trip with a spot or two left. So make the call now. You get a private suite to watch the Oilers and the Habs. Call or visit newwesttravel.com. In 1985, the Oilers annihilated Vancouver 13 0 at Northlands Coliseum. They improved to 11 2 1 on the year. Didn't win the Stanley Cup that year, but that was a pretty good night. We're hoping for a pretty good night tomorrow. It's a late one for sure. An 8.30 puck drop on 6.30, Chad. Bob will be back to set it up. We've got a full show for you tomorrow starting at 5 o'clock. Ron McLean going to join us from NHL Hockey on Rogers for Century Casino. So too is Louis DeBrusque, Sportsnet color analyst for GCL Diesel. Reed has Inside Sports next. Appreciate everybody who texted in, contributing. It's been a lot of fun. We'll talk tomorrow.